This is Books of Titans, the podcast dedicated to the influences of influencers. The books that have helped shape prominent inventors, business leaders, athletes, intellectuals, scientists, and others. We'll talk about what makes these books such classics and at least attempt to have an intelligent discussion about what makes them so important and influential. Hello, this is Eric Rostad coming to you right outside of Nashville, Tennessee. Today, I'm going to cover the book, How to Lead When You're Not in Charge, Leveraging Influence When You Lack Authority by Clay Scroggins. This is book eight from my 2019 reading list of 52 total books. This episode will consist of three segments. The first one will be an introduction to the book. The second will cover the common misconception that Clay exposes, and as well as a few other key takeaways. And the third segment is the one thing, the one thing that I always hope to remember from this book, and I hope you always remember as well. So on to segment one, Clay Scroggins. He's the author. He's also the lead pastor of North Point Community Church in Atlanta, Georgia. That church was started by Andy Stanley, so Clay is the lead pastor, but he has always been under Andy Stanley, and so that's where a lot of the lessons from this book come, how to, how to lead when you're not in charge. Uh, Clay has always, has always reported to Andy and, and always uh, kind of looked up to him, so that comes through. Andy Stanley did the foreword for the book, so um, it, it's kind of neat, and I'll, I'll even highlight one thing that, that Andy said in the foreword uh, towards the end of this episode that was, was pretty, pretty neat. Someone asked me if this was a rel- or is a religious book. And they asked me that on Twitter after I posted that I had put a review up on the book. And, um, and he said, many Amazon reviews comment that it is religious based. And so the way I responded to that, I said, yes, the author is a Christian pastor, but I think you'd enjoy it, whether you're into that or not, because it is a very countercultural book with countercultural advice. And that's, I find the best books to be those that put forward ideas opposite of what is generally accepted wisdom. And this book does that. Clay Scroggins, the author, also wrote back uh, to, that, to that thread. And he said, I am a pastor, but I think you'd find it helpful. And if you don't, let's MMA it for, for a money back return. Seriously, I would love to know what you think. And the MMA reference, the person that wrote uh, practices MMA, which is mixed martial arts. And so Clay made a funny there saying that he would fight him if he didn't like the book. Kind of exposes uh, Clay's sense of humor, which which is throughout the book, which which also made it very entertaining. But I, I wanted to highlight that. Um, if if it scares you that the pastor or the, uh, the author is a pastor, uh, yeah, there's some things in the book. I mean, he, he quotes scripture throughout. Uh, he quotes the Bible throughout the the book, but it's also a book filled with very countercultural advice. And I don't know about you, but when I read a book that has advice like that or lessons, those are the books that stand out. I mean, if if I read a book and I agree with everything in the book, and I've heard that those thoughts in other places, the book doesn't really challenge me at all. But if it's putting forth ideas that are not mainstream, that have an edge to them, those are the books that really stick out. Because I then have to say, okay, do I believe what this guy is saying or do I not? And I, that's a good thing if you're, if you're reading books, yeah, uh, as far as I'm concerned. So I think you'd enjoy it whether, whether you come from that background or not. Uh, there's a lot of good lessons in this book. 
In fact, the, the only thing I didn't really like about this book is that the author kept referring to his alma mater of Georgia Tech, which is a subpar educational institution. I went to the University of Georgia, and Georgia Tech is the our biggest rival. So I cannot like Georgia Tech, and I cannot like when an author likes Georgia Tech. So therefore, me being a Georgia Bulldog, it was very hard for me to read this book and hear that this person actually had an enjoyable experience at a college that for me was of the devil. So I just want to throw that out there. This book was written in 2017, and it was suggested by J.P. Tanner, who is a new friend of mine in the Nashville area. We get together every few weeks over coffee before the sun rises, and we talk about books and life and work, and uh, we've had a great time getting to know each other. He works at Ramsey Solutions, which uh, is where Dave Ramsey, uh, his his company, and uh, J.P. is a graphic artist there great designer. And uh, Clay Scroggins, I guess, came and spoke at Ramsey Solutions one time and left some books there. And so there were some left over and, and JP got a hold of one and, and gave it to me. So I'm very thankful for that. He told me about the book late last year. So late 2018 said I should read it. So I added it to my 2019 reading list and um, am, am glad I did so. So I read this between February 23 3rd and 25th of this year, so just a few weeks ago. My initial reaction was uh, I, I I liked the book. It was a very helpful book for me. I'll, I'll get into a lot of those things in, in segment two, but just a lot of things that I've been thinking about, but not just thinking about, but I'd, I'd been stuck on lately. This book addressed those head on and exposed things in my thinking that uh, that were very that were very helpful. It kind of helped me get past some humps. For the structure itself, the, the book is divided in th- into three parts. Uh, and first, before those three parts, he confronts an unconscious assumption, or at least it's a, an assumption that I know I have. And I will hit that right at the beginning of segment two. But he confronts that assumption. And then part one uh, is called Understanding Our Challenge, Part 2, The Four Behaviors, and Part 3, Challenging Authority. As I mentioned before, Clay's a very funny guy, uh, which makes the book very entertaining. And here's just one example. And I quote, Though some may not believe this based on my grade point average, I wasn't a big drinker while attending Georgia Tech. So he would just kind of have funny stuff like that throughout. And uh, I, you know, in jest uh, earlier when I, I spoke of of not liking Georgia Tech. I, I lived next to Georgia Tech uh, within a mile from it for, for many years. And, and I actually, I do like tech, but because I went to UGA, my heart is there. And so uh, I say that in jest, but um, it, it, he, he did refer to Georgia Tech a little too much for my, my liking. Who should read this book? If you are someone who thinks they should be in a position of leadership and you're not, if the world has not experienced your greatness yet and you are sitting just waiting for that opportunity to show how awesome you are, this would be a great book for you. If this is your first time listening to the podcast, welcome and thanks for checking it out. 
I started the Books of Titans project because I needed help picking out the best books. I found out what some of the world's top performers were reading, and I started reading those books to the tune of 52 per year or one, one a week. I set my reading list a year in advance, and then I share it online. That helps create accountability and a connection with others who are reading those same books. I want you to experience the benefits of having a yearly reading list as well. To that end, the Books of Titans website is stock full of resources to help you find the best books. I've also opened up the website to where you can begin sharing your reading list. This will allow you to share it with others, write reviews, and rate each book. I have three different plans with the first one starting at just $9 per month. Your books will be placed in a visually stunning format that will cause all of your friends to groan in envy. Go to booksoftitans.com forward slash mybooks for more details. I also want to begin highlighting different reading tools in each episode. And this week, I'm going to highlight a tool that's, that's on the Books of Titans website. And that tool is the complete list of every single book ever suggested on the Tim Ferriss Show podcast. I know what you're thinking. There's no way that that list exists. Well, it does, and it's on the Books of Titans website. Just go to booksoftitans.com forward slash list to see 2,000 plus books that have been suggested, most gifted, and or discussed by guests on the Tim Ferriss Show podcast. It's the only comprehensive list that I'm aware of on the internet, and it, it, if you need help picking out some books, you, you can find out what a ton of different people are reading. So it's a searchable list and great resource for you. So back to the book. Clay starts by confronting a common misconception that I know I have, and my guess is that you probably have this to some degree as well. And here's the misconception. Here's the assumption that authority and opportunity are tied together. Let me explain by by reading a quote from the book. Here's the quote. Life teaches us that the authority to lead and the opportunity to lead are a package deal. When we're given the authority to lead, a title, a uniform, a corner office, then and only then will we have the opportunity to lead. But that's just not true. Man, I, I am guilty of this. I, for the past 10 years, I've worked for myself. I don't have any employees under me. I just, I work for myself. And in my mind, once I get into a leadership role, I will have employees under me. Maybe that's in a company. Maybe that's uh, with my own company and, and I start hiring people. But only then will I actually be a leader because right now I don't have any employees. So I'm not, I'm not really leading anybody. So I'm always looking ahead. I'm always, I'm always looking for that opportunity of maybe one day, someone will realize how hard I've worked and all that. And and then they'll put me in this position and then I'll finally be a leader. And he said, no, those two things are not tied together. Leadership comes from influence. It does not come from your title. And it reminded me of the quote from uh, Braveheart where uh, Wallace says, men don't follow titles, they follow courage. And that one, that one came to mind. I don't think he quoted that in the book. He, he should have, but... Um, but they probably didn't watch Braveheart at, at Georgia Tech, so he may not have seen that one. But uh, important point, very important point, leadership is not tied to title. But look around. I mean, that that's the assumption we all have. You can't be a leader until 
you're in you're the CEO position or or you head up this organization or you're the pastor of the church or you're this or you're that. So just think about that in your own life. Where 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 are you thinking that you don't have the leadership position you want right now? But if you just had this, then you would be a leader. Where where is that for you? Second thing I want to highlight from from this book is the personal why. In 2017, a book, uh, one of the books that had that I enjoyed the most was "Start with Why" by Simon Sinek, and uh, Clay Scroggins refers to that book and uh, and uh, Simon Sinek's TED Talk throughout throughout this book. But um, I I also had trouble with that book. I mean, it was very impactful in in understanding how it's important to define your why, why you do things you do, not just what you do. But I've had this frustration since reading that book two years ago that I haven't been able to come up with a personal why, like just one sentence that covers everything in my life of why I do everything I do. And Simon Sinek really puts it forward that you should have one why that that covers everything. And you can do different things within that why, but there should be that one why that, uh, that covers everything. And Clay references this in the book in, in a very helpful way to me because I, I have been struggling with that. So here's what he said. What is your unique purpose in the world? The answer usually doesn't just drop into your lap one day. Rather, you discern it over a lifetime. But it is, it's not something you will sit back and passively discover. You need to spend time wrestling this one to the ground. I've never sensed a personal and specific mission for my life. This Again, this is Clay speaking. I've never sensed a personal and specific mission for my life. I only know a few men and women who have a specific and personal purpose or mission statement. For the rest of us, I believe God has revealed enough of his general purposes in this world for us to chew on for the rest of our lives. And boy, that was so helpful to me. That last sentence especially. For the rest of us, I believe God has revealed enough of his general purposes in this world for us to chew on for the rest of our lives. So if you if you have read Start With Why or you've, you've heard people talk about that you need to have your why and it, it's just been a, a struggle for you, you haven't been able to do it, Here's here's something that 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 may help you. There's enough general purposes. Maybe you've had enough glimpses in your life to the things that uh, that really bring you joy. That that you know are part of your why, but you just can't articulate it well. There you go. Maybe there's been enough general purposes revealed. It's very helpful to me. But he does, he doesn't just leave it there. Uh, later on in the book, he balances that statement out with this. We each need to have a personal vision for our own lives, a plan for our futures. Without a personal vision for your life, how do you know what to do with the opportunities that present themselves? And this, this harkens back to the to start with why as well. And Simon Sinek said that once a company has defined their why, anyone in the company will know once an opportunity comes up if that is the right thing to do or not. So for instance... He gives the example in the, in start with why he gives the example of of South Southwest Airlines, and they're they are the low cost carrier, so they're going to do everything to cut costs so that they can provide the best price to their customers. So if somebody comes in a new vendor and says, you know what, we can we can provide the greatest meals on your plane, 
but it will cost $50 more per ticket. Whether you're the janitor or the CEO of Southwest, you know that that is not going to fly because your your main why is low-cost carrier. And so a $50 more per ticket for better food is not in line with your why. So that's a, an ex- exaggerated example, but um, I, I like that that thing of of having having a vision enough so that you know if an opportunity comes along, you don't have to like think about this opportunity forever. You you know if it fits with the vision you have for your for your life or the the why behind your life. So yes, it was nice to hear that I don't have to have this one why, but I should keep striving after trying to define that and 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 then that could help with opportunities that come forward later on. He goes, he goes a little further on, uh, this is page 52 of the, of the hardcover. And he connects this why to our identity. And he says, the clearer you are about who you are, these four things will happen. The more consistent you will be with others. Again, the clearer you are about who you are, the more consistent you will be with others, the more confident you will be about what you do the less concerned you will be with the opinions of others and the less confused you will be with your emotions. So just a, a, a really neat, I guess, expansion of your personal why that, that came through in this book and in, in related to leading when you're not in charge. The third thing that I'd like to highlight in this section is that of daily habits. And here's a quote that... Uh, that is from the book, and this is from Tom Watson, a former IBM CEO. Clay, Clay Scroggins actually says he wants to get this tattooed somewhere on his body. Uh, so here's the quote. Nothing so conclusively proves a man's ability to lead others as what he does on a day-to-day basis to lead himself. I'm going to read that again. Nothing so conclusively proves a man's ability to lead others as what he does on a day-to-day basis to lead himself. That gets into daily habits, and that gets into something that has popped up over and over in the books so far of this Books of Titans project. Uh, It's been over 100 books now, and daily habits is something that keeps coming up over and over. And I've, I've seen the power of it in my own life. And I was thinking about it earlier today. And it's, it's like daily habits and compound interest go hand in hand. Have you ever seen a graph of, of compound interest? And especially compound interest just compared to interest that is not comp- compounding. So what compound interest means is if you have a dollar in the bank and the interest that you receive is 10%. Uh, at the end of that year, you will have a dollar and 10 cents. And then that 10 cents interest is not just on the $1 anymore. It's on the $1 and 10 cents. And so that interest compounds to where uh, over time, y- you get a lot more money than it than if it was just $1 getting that interest each year. And if you if you see a chart, that that compound interest for a while, it just kind of, it, it goes up slowly. It's not, it's not making a lot of headway, but then all of a sudden it's like something happens in that curve and it just starts shooting straight up. And compound interest is usually referred to in, in investing. And, you know, if you start young 
and then when you're you know 30 years into investing it's all of a sudden it shoots up but you've got you've got to you've got to put in that time for it to to all of a sudden do that and that's what daily habits do as well it's it it seems insignificant the the 10% on a dollar it seems insignificant but all of a sudden something snaps and it just goes haywire and you kind of you kind of sit back and wonder what in the heck just happened and a lot of what we see about success about others we see the end product but we don't see the process that went into that and the process is the daily habits the process is the 10,000 hours of deliberate practice that's what leads to these these compound interest the these changes in our lives overnight successes are are very rare what more often is the case is people that have done these daily habits and those making a big impact over time so i i loved that quote and and i'll kind of tie it all together in in the next segment of how daily habits fits into leading when you're not in charge but Nothing so conclusively proves a man's ability to lead others as what he does on a day-to-day basis to lead himself. Now on to segment three and the one thing, the one key takeaway from this book. And that takeaway is this, start leading today. Today. Here's a quote that, uh, that really, this, this is the quote that hit me the hardest in the whole book. And it's actually a little longer than a quote. It's a, it's a paragraph, but stick with me because this, this is excellent. For over a decade, while I was waiting for the authority to lead, I missed out on several opportunities I will never get back. But even worse than that, waiting for the authority to lead slowly eroded the gifts of leadership that were inside me. Waiting didn't make me more of a leader. It made me less of a leader. And this is true for all of us, regardless of who you are. All human beings have a measure of leadership loaned to them. We may not immediately recognize it for what it is, but we each have the ability as well as the opportunities to influence others and affect change in this world. And the earlier we begin to fan the flame of the gift of influence, the more it will grow. Conversely, the longer we wait, mired in passivity in the sense we are victims of circumstances and the decisions of others, the more likely we are to diminish and mute the leadership gifts within us. The more I sat back and watched things pass without taking initiative, the softer my voice became. Waiting for others to do something negative affected the gift of leadership within me. Each of us has a unique opportunity to create something right where we are. It doesn't require special authority or a fancy title or having the corner office. Wow. I'd never thought of it in that sense of if I'm waiting for the right leadership position to finally be a leader i'm eroding the the gift of leadership within me it's not it's not somehow getting stronger just by waiting and and watching other leaders mess up and think of how i would have done things differently no that it it's getting worse if i'm doing that if i'm not leading on a daily basis and if i'm not leading starting right now today I am eroding the gift of leadership. Have you ever thought of it in that way? Have you ever thought of waiting for the right position to be 
negative instead of positive. I, I never have. I, I've always been just waiting for this opportunity to, to get in a, a larger role. And he, he says that it, that can actually be harming you. And man, that, that nailed me. That nailed me. Here's, a, here's another quote later on in the book. When we stop thinking about how we want to lead in the future and start looking for opportunities to lead right now, we truly learn how to make ourselves and those around us better. So let me, let me tie the three things I covered in the last segment together with this, this one key takeaway of starting, starting leading today. Authority and opportunity are not tied together. So let's, let's forget that. Let's, let's forget that we can only be a leader if we have a position, a corner office, or some title. That is not true. Instead, leadership is based upon influence, and influence is based upon your identity, or your your why. You need to know who you are and where you're going. Then you need to start leading where you are right now on a daily basis. This is, this is where the daily habits come into play. By doing this, you are going to be building the muscles of leadership, and you'll actually be in a better place to be a leader when the time comes than if you were just kind of sitting around doing your thing, waiting for the world to recognize how great you are. So start leading today. To recap, this was an immensely helpful book. Some books are full of mindset principles and others with more on-the-ground practical application. This book had both. And this was just one of those books that was very good timing for me. I, I, I always kind of think ahead to what, what could I be leading in the future, uh, but no, I need to to think about right now. And I was talking to my wife about this book and I was like, you know, I just, sometimes I get frustrated because I'm not leading anything right now. And she said, well, you're, you're my husband and you've got two daughters. So why don't you, why don't you start there? And it, it was a good, uh, good tie in with, with this book. Let me leave you with a, a really amazing quote that came from the foreword of this book that was done by Andy Stanley. Listen to this. Great leaders leverage influence and relationships over title and position. The best leaders lead like they're not in charge, even when they are. Let me read that again. The best leaders lead like they're not in charge, even when they are. How amazing is that? Are you waiting for an opportunity to lead so that you're finally in charge? Perhaps that's the wrong goal. Instead, how about choosing to lead where you are right now, today, through influence and through serving others so that by the time you reach the leadership role that you desire, you are the type of person who leads like they are not in charge, even when they are. All right, that's going to do it for this episode. Before I sign off, just a reminder that you can now share your own reading list on the Books of Titans website by going to booksoftitans.com forward slash mybooks. You can also follow Books of Titans on Instagram or Twitter, at Books of Titans. And if you haven't already done so, please subscribe to the podcast and tell your friends about your favorite episodes. We're on iTunes, the Android Marketplace, Overcast, uh, pretty much any podcast manager of of choice. If you're enjoying the podcast, please review it. Give us a five-star rating on iTunes. We'll be back next week, uh, either Jason or I, with another book. Until then, keep reading, keep learning, and keep listening. I'm out.